and welcome back to the FPL Lounge. We are back to preview double game week 26 for so many teams, and that means that there's going to be so much for us to get to. My name is Chris Hopkins, and I am joined as ever by the overhead kick screamer to my two-yard tap-in. It's Andy Case. Andy, I mean, I guess I've already alluded to it, but it is a, a hell of a week in fantasy football terms. Um, so much to get to, but I guess quite exciting for, for, you know, for managers this week. Yeah, it depends on your on your outlook on life and on FPL, I think, because um, sometimes it can be quite overwhelming with so much to discuss. I mean, even just planning this show, it's a good job I, I wasn't at work today because there was a lot of effort went into into this planning. Uh, to, obviously, plenty of effort goes into planning every show, as I'm sure our listeners can appreciate with the high quality content they get to listen to. But an especially large amount of effort went into planning went into planning this show, yeah, because there's just so much going on. And maybe maybe that feels a bit overwhelming sometimes, but then equally, when you do have a bit of the time and the space to to dig into things a bit like I have here, you can you can find out some some interesting stuff. So yeah, it can be enjoyable. And in terms of the effort that went into planning this show, what sort of ratio are we talking, Chris to Andy here? What, what do you think is fair? I think it's got to be in the 90s for me here, at least, isn't it? 95-5, yeah. something like I mean, that. that, that that's, that's where I was going, yeah, to be yeah. fair. But yeah, I mean, good for, you, good for you. I'm I'm glad you've had a lovely, lovely, lovely day off and a lovely week off planning planning this 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 great podcast um as we have already said though we've got plenty to get through so let's crack on uh we will start our preview shows as we always do by running through the week's fixtures and then taking a look at this week's talking points which naturally will be dominated by double game week chat we've got plenty of players on the radar to talk about or maybe teams on the radar looking at their fixtures this week um we will be swimming against the tide with one player that we're not that keen on this week uh, and then we'll be running through double game week captains and we will finish as always with who the heck is stat so andy let's run through those all important fixtures starting with the fpl deadline which this week is saturday the 27th of february at 11 a.m and that's because the first game of the weekend is man city west ham at 12 30 on saturday then we've got west brom brighton at three leeds villa in the tea time 5 30 kickoff and newcastle wolves round off saturday at eight on Sunday, we've got Palace versus Fulham, Leicester versus Arsenal, Spurs versus Burnley. The big one, the 4:31, is Chelsea versus Man United and Sheffield United versus Liverpool to round Sunday off. And then Monday night football is Everton Southampton. And then we're into Tuesday with the first of the double with uh, Man City Wolves. And then into Wednesday, two at six o'clock. And that's Burnley Leicester and Sheffield United Villa. And then Crystal Palace Man United also on Wednesday at 8:15. And rounding off what is the largest game week in FPL history on Thursday, the 4th of March, we've got Fulham versus Spurs, West Brom versus Everton and Liverpool versus Chelsea. So as you just said, Andy, the largest double game week in FPL history. I mean, it feels it feels very, you know, I feel honoured to be, be, be such a great part of it, such a big part of it as well with, with, with this with this fantastic podcast. Um how a manager is going to approach this that you did say kind of you know, at the start and, and I didn't really set you up for it, but it can be a bit overwhelming. And obviously there's going to be, um, you know, every manager is going to have a, a strategy for this week, whether it's taking hits to capitalize on double game week players, um, using a chip that they've saved or trying to look ahead. You know, maybe they'll be thinking about wild cards, you know, free hits possibly but i guess there's probably less chat about that um bench boost triple captain there's so much to think about it must be almost impossible to navigate so you know are we kind of saying you know if you've got plans stick with it don't stress out about it too much which i think is tends to be a, a, you know, a bit of our 
um, a bit of our rationale, you know, somewhat something of a, of a raison d'etre for us, or is it worth really digging into the research this week because the the, the risk reward, reward the, you know, the potential um, gains that could be made or in in your mini league or in your rank this week could be you know, could be uh, game changing, could be season changing. Yeah, well, I guess I guess the the first thing I'd say is that when we were when we were you and I, Chris, discussing like what we're gonna what's our name for this gonna be, the reason we ended up settling, I guess, on FPL Lounge was because we were hoping it would be like relatively relaxing, uh, relatively, you know, it's about ultimately we, we try to sort of live by the match that it is a game it's supposed to be for fun and we obviously mention a lot of the stats and things but we don't go into quite as much kind of specific detail as some of the other uh potential uh content creators out out there do so there's there's and so therefore the first thing i want to say i guess is is that ultimately it is a game and don't try not to stress yourself out too much about it you, you could you could look at this for hours and hours and hours and come up with um decisions only for it to we've all had that frustrating feeling which the player you've poured over for hours you know ends up blanking or getting injured or whatever so yeah i guess try not to stress out too much about it. if you feel like you are getting overwhelmed just put your phone or your or your computer down and just just walk away from it for a bit go walk outside get some fresh air because it isn't worth getting that sort of pent up over over what is essentially just a game however don't want to don't downplay the the sort of meat and veg of, of, of what we're here to do talking about fpl it, it means something and it is important to people otherwise we wouldn't bother making podcasts about it and so yeah i guess you list, if you're listening to us that's a starting point you're getting some information and saving yourself some research there because because we've done it a little bit for you but i suppose <clears throat> i'd say get whatever information you can as we'd always say leave you make sure you hear the, the press conferences um yeah look, look look into the numbers you know you're, you're gonna listen to what we've got to say um and hopefully you have you probably if you have been listening to us will have been planning for this game week so hopefully it isn't all on what you're about to do in the next 24 48 hours you know probably transfers you've been making to this point might well have been with this in mind and um yeah there, there is a lot to consider your strategy might well be different depending upon upon your chips and i guess that will play out as we talk about some of these players chris here won't it but you know whether you're um wild carding or bench boosting or whatever else is coming up um you know free hitting triple captaining even maybe that could view the way whether a player is worth a punt or not you know that could change your opinion on that yeah absolutely i think i think it's important you know again you know, we took a um you know, pretty conscious effort i think when we were starting this not to talk about our own teams too much not necessarily not, not necessarily to talk about our own strategies too much um so we i guess we hope that that a lot of these players that we're gonna that we're gonna highlight um are, are kind of strategy proof um or strategy strategy sort of agnostic but uh, you know, it might not be the case and, uh, and as you say uh, that might mean that we don't cover some that, that perhaps wildcarders are thinking about um but 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 yeah i guess we're gonna try our best to to be as broad as we can here in, the, in, in when we when we talk about these players on the radar i guess if you do have a bias it's always helpful to be at least conscious of it right and so one thing i would say to the listener uh, a conscious bias i'm aware that chris and i have is um we, we've ended up following similar but not identical strategies with our chips this year um and one thing what one thing where i am aware that we're the same is that we have both used our free hit already so it's probably worth listening to these next recommendations about to make on the radar with that in mind and it, it's played itself out as you and i've been talking in the preparation chris hasn't it in that i can imagine there's some options who for this if you even just for this game week or perhaps the next two or three um you think are a great punt whereas you and i chris aren't 
keeping them in mind quite so much because we have to have an eye on that blank game week 29 and we can't necessarily make too many transfers outside of those players who are going to play in 29 because we can't free hit whereas there might be others so you might be listening to us now with that free hit chip in your hand and so you don't have to worry so much about that and and if there's a player from a team outside of those that are playing in 29 you know, you might feel more like, do you know what? Go, I'm going I'm to go for it, even though they, they've said they're not. So I guess I'll just flag that one up as a, as a potential difference there. Yeah, that makes sense. And I guess that leads us nicely into um, the first kind of teams that we're going to focus on in, in the players on the radar section in Aston Villa and Tottenham. And I guess the reason that we've put these top of our list, first one, the first ones to talk about, is because they both double in 26 and they both play in the blank game week 29, which you know, means for, for us... They, you know, the players uh, for Spurs and and Villa are pretty attractive at the moment because you know they're, they're going to play the maximum number of games o- over the next few game weeks. However, Andy, their form leaves a little bit of doubt at the moment, and 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 I'm sure you know, you're going to take the listener through that. But but in addition to that, if you're just thinking about game week 26 on paper, they've got the best fixtures as well. So you know, perhaps where are we going to? You know, what, what side of the line are we coming down on here? You know, they've got great fixtures. They play in 29, which is useful for us and, and, and other managers that are doing similar strategies to us. But two teams that are really, really out of form. So is it sort of buyer beware for these for managers that might be bringing these players in? Yeah, I think it, I think it really is. I think with with um, yeah, as you sort of said, if. We, we we mentioned if again if you listen to our preview shows a few weeks ago that the fact that Villa and Tottenham uh, play a double in 26 and play were at the time were likely to and now confirmed are going to play in 29. So and both teams were kind of um, over the you know in the first half of the season had really good form. Um, they had great fixtures in this game week and in the week leading you know after this double game week as well. So just all kinds of things like play, playing in their favour, but. It really, it really is surprising just how much that form has dipped off. If, if it, the fact we've got two here almost gave us a bit more of a safeguard in that at least if the form dropped off for one of them, we uh, we might have had the other one to still sort of turn to and look at assets for. But actually, both these teams, Villa and Tottenham, um, you know, like I said, have on. I never like to say easy fixtures because I think that's insulting potentially to the teams they're playing. But on paper, on the way FPL defines the fixture difficulty, you know, the on paper easiest fixtures in this double game week for both Villa and Tottenham. Um, but but despite that, um, yeah, the, the fact that they've been so poor recently, which are, are, is a concern as an outline, outline now. So in the first 20 game weeks, Villa were third for XG, but they've dropped to 17th over the last five game weeks 17th that's a huge drop off so from third best to fourth worst in terms of chances created essentially and and xg created um so 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 terrible and tottenham uh, game weeks one to 19 ninth for xg so so not you know we know that tottenham aren't necessarily the most creative side but son and kane were scoring lots of points and ninth you know they're top half still for for xg but all the a humongous drop off for them as well so last six game weeks 20 to 25 19th the second worst team in the league only crystal palace i think it is created less than tottenham in in these last six game weeks so really really big drop off to both those teams and the fact it's kind of been attacking assets getting a lot of the points there, yeah, really worrying. And di- uh, I guess different reasons, different things for both teams there causing those drop-offs. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and 
I guess, I mean, I guess it's worth us talking about some of some of the players now that I guess you know could well be part of um, you know, part of people's teams already, and whether they should be getting rid or or potentially thinking about about bringing in. So I guess let's start with uh, with Aston Villa. I mean, they've got um, you know some definite um, you know fantasy fantasy darlings this year. Jack Grealish being one of them, but Emmy Martinez definitely being being another one, and 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 you know, we've also seen. With, with Aston Villa that they you know in their first 20 game weeks of the season they were fifth for, for fifth best for expected goals goals against and they're now 15th so they've taken a, a, a hell of a drop off also in their last five um obviously there are question marks over Grealish in terms of um whether he's going to be fit so I think you know as Andy said at the start definitely listen to the press conferences this week but I imagine that Dean Smith's press conference is going to be one of the most interesting um, see what see what, whether Grealish is likely to play. But also, you know, Ollie, Wat- Ollie Watkins is a player that we've mentioned quite a lot of, and 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 I in particular own a, a cheap Villa defender in Matt Target. I mean, I don't know what you think about this, Andy, but for me, it's kind of like if I've got Villa assets, I'm probably not going to look to ship them out until I can see that that this form is, um, you know, is is really is really a problem. But it does make me worry about bringing them in. Um, even though they do have you know such good fixtures, so so again, you know, without sort of setting you up for a, for a question that's almost impossible to answer, like where, do, how would manage how how's the managers come down on this? Do you just say, well, you know, they they're going to be playing and taking those two points, you know, two extra points this week, and the two points that I'm going to get if they playing in game week 29 is enough for me, and I'm going to bring them in anyway, and if they get a, if they get a return, then then that's a bonus. Or is their form so concerning that you might be looking at uh, other players, particularly perhaps this game week, when there are so many teams on doubles and so many ways that you can try and take advantage? I think, it, like you've said there, it's basically impossible for me to answer because it's going to so depend on people's context. However, you know, you're gonna, you've got so many things to take into account there. But I guess what I would say is, firstly, whether Grealish is playing or not makes a big difference. So, yeah, as you say, listen out to, to the to the um to the press conferences and and the team news um if if really if for whatever reason i mean i don't see why villa would come out and outright say he is going to play i don't see how that advantages them but if you, for whatever reason we do sort of find that out um through whatever means the press conference or whatever then that would be a, that would make a huge difference that that makes villa more attractive going forward um you know he is obviously it doesn't doesn't take us in an fpl context to highlight um, that Grealish is sort of the the key for Villa and, and everything kind of goes through a lot a lot goes through him. He's so creative. He's their captain. Yeah. So if he plays, that that improves all of those attacking assets. Really, options of of getting points potentially. Um, yeah. And um, I suppose you know the other thing would be. I'd, I'd say on that is is it's it's going to be dependent on your on your chips and your strategy longer term, right? Because if you need players in for for twenty nine, then they play in 29. So yeah, you might be looking at say a Leicester or a Man United or whatever as, as other other options, other people instead of the instead of Villa's options. But those teams don't play in 29. So if you don't have the free hit, that is going to have to come into your thinking because it's like, would they get? Would these other players get more points in fewer games because they will ultimately play fewer games over the next few game weeks? Um, however, if you another thing would be like if you're bench boosting this week, then you know you could. You could have them. You could bring the player in because you know that they double and they play in 29. Uh, and then there's the chance that they might score, or there's the ch- say take Ollie Watkins. There's the chance that Grealish comes back in the second game, which you obviously won't know ahead of the deadline. 
Um, and then if but if he's just kind of you, you're hoping, well, you know, I'm going to get the game out of him in 29. I'm going to get the four appearance points out of him from the two games he's going to play in this game week. So that's something that's reasonable from a, a bench boosted player. Plus, then there's a kind of OK to outside chance of him getting a goal, which is, in, you know, which a chance which is increased significantly if Grealish does come back in either of those games. So, you know, that that makes the punt a bit less of a punt, if you like, you know, and um it would would have to come into your thinking. So there's so many things influencing it there, you know, ro- rotation, fitness of players, what chips you've got, what chips you might use. So I, can't, I yeah, can't definitively say like whether it's good or not to bring to bring Villa players in on that on that basis. You just got to weigh up all these all these things. Unfortunately, it's a complicated game week. This is gonna this is gonna be a theme for the podcast here, Chris. I can feel it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess let's have a quick word on 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 Spurs assets specifically. I guess um, perhaps this is a little bit more straightforward, just in the sense that uh, you know you, 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 uh, managers are unlikely to have Spurs assets spread all over the pitch. I know Eric Dyer got has got a bit of buzz at the back, but for me it's it, 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 it's a no. Um, so I guess that leaves us basically with saying with Kane and Son. Now they are very expensive assets, uh, and I guess on paper, like you know as we've already said, very favourable fixtures for two very good attackers. Um, but I guess the form is is, is kind of leaving leaving us questioning them, and there does seem to be some some sort of Gareth Bale rumours, and and I think that that, that can be um, you know, used in two ways. Like you know, if it, he was rested in in the Europa League, um, so what you know, will he start in the Premier League? And that seems more and more likely. I think he impressed um, in, in in Spurs' last Premier League game. So, you know, is is he an option? He's very expensive as well, at 9.3 million. But does his just mere presence make Spurs a better team? Probably, you know, possibly and probably. Um, does that therefore increase Son and Kane's you know, potential for returns? Well, maybe too. So, so yeah, I think I think that's a bit of an interesting one. Again, I'm not really sure where I come down on this. And I think it's uh, you know, it doesn't make always for the most engaging podcast when we don't have... Um, you know, the the kind of hottest takes or, or, or have to kind of made our own minds up. But you know, if I wasn't a Son owner, would I be bringing him in this week? I can't say I'd be sure about it. Um, I'm not a Kane owner and I'd have to move a lot of money to get him in. So I don't think I'd be, I mean, I'm not looking to do that either. If I was wildcarding, would I cover myself with one of them? Almost certainly. Which one? I think for the same, for the reasons that we usually talk about Andy I probably would go Son because he's that much cheaper um, but then at the same time there's a real lack of striking options so it makes you want to want to side with Kane and I think we're probably going to end up having this exact same conversation when we talk about captains later so you know we can possibly move on but but yeah you know I, I, th- I think I think overall to kind of sum up we are concerned by their by both of their form and I think it just depends to what extent you want to just ride out, ride that out because of of of, of, of the sheer amount of games that they're going to be playing, um, and 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 you know if they get a, if they get a return, then it's a bit of a bonus. But but you know for the prices, particularly of Son and Kane, um, you'd expecting you'd be sort of you know expecting a return rather than just hoping for one. I think. Yeah, like you, to try and sum up my thoughts quickly, so we can move on. Right, I'd say there's the bail thing's interesting. There are lots that he did, you know, I didn't actually see him myself. People saying he looked good when he came on against West Ham. And that would, if they managed to get that front unit t- ticking, particularly with Deli Ali playing well in the Europa League this week, what an amazing front four that would be. But it's all big ifs and buts at the moment, right? Um, like I said, that's a huge, they're the second worst team for XG over six game weeks, the last six games. It's not a small sample size, six game weeks. That is, you know, 
significantly it means something that's that's a becoming a trend 19th that is just so so poor so that's the worrying thing really for those um forward assets like you say so expensive particularly kane 11 million odd you know um for, for you, you you like you say you want to you want to be expecting those returns and and another thing i'd say as well is that there is this is maybe a slight difference between the two teams we've highlighted here tottenham and villa right tottenham's two fixtures are burnley and fulham and they ha their defence has improved significantly in in the in recent game weeks. So in the last four matches, Burnley and Fulham are fourth and fifth respectively best for expected goals conceded. So they've conceded the fourth and fifth least goals con uh, expected goals of of any teams in the league, and that's Tottenham's two fixtures. Whereas Villa's two fixtures are Leeds and Sheffield United, who have over the course of the season and in these last few game weeks conceded plenty of chances and continue to do so. So I suppose, you know, Villa assets are cheaper and they're playing against teams who, who have con who concede chances and are continuing to see concede chances. Whereas Tottenham assets are more expensive. Okay. Probably higher ceiling, you know, if they, if they do manage to click, but um, are playing fixtures against teams who in the last few games have improved their defences and aren't conceding as many chances, let alone the fact they're not creating many themselves, as I've highlighted Tottenham. So, yeah, I'm not being I'm not being definitive there either, but worth highlighting that that difference in the in the two, perhaps. Yeah, of course, but I mean, I guess the, the flip side of that is is that you know, some Villa assets, if you include Martinez and possibly a cheap defender, are at the other end of the pitch. So, so yeah, you know, w w while um, Leeds and Sheffield United might concede lots, which is good for Watkins and good for Grealish if he's fit. Um, you know, but I guess for people that might be looking, may possibly to bring Martinez in to, because they can't. Do, do without him anymore um yeah I'd, I'd, I'd be questioning maybe that decision this week too um let's move on i think finally and we'll talk about a different team in, in, in man city they're just hard to ignore andy and I'm, i imagine we can kind of go go through man city pretty quickly because we've spoken about them at length in previous weeks but hard to ignore in this double because they're at home twice they also double in 27 and we've mentioned their players loads and loads and loads over the previous however many shows that we've done um but i guess one Added, uh, added extra is Kevin De Bruyne definitely back. Uh, didn't play in the Champions League, so definitely rested. And um, one would assume ready to go. It's just one of those where you know chances are managers are going to have to shift funds around to get him in. And then equally, you know, do you want to say you were moving out a Salah or possibly a Bruno to bring in KDB? Does it feel a bit strange getting rid of a double game week player to bring another double game week player in, even though obviously you know he he does, he does have the potential to, or is going to be doubling further down the line too? Yeah, I think it definitely does, and particularly with Bruno, we can. It seems very, very, very likely that Bruno plays both games for United. Um, whereas KDB, even though he didn't play this midweek, if he plays at the weekend, can we be sure he's going to then play the next midweek? He's just coming back from injury. Pep's already said he's going to have to continue to rotate players throughout the season. So, yeah, even bringing KDB in, particularly if it was to be for another premium player, seems difficult. And I'd say just to extend that to any other City player, it's one of those where if you've got, the, as you say, they're a great option this game week. Most people have probably tripled up on them because they had another double game week just recently. Um, if you've got them in your team, you're probably not necessarily going to ship them out just yet, although they don't play in 29. Um, because, you know, if they do play in this game week, then obviously they're, they're great options. But equally, I don't think you can be sure that any of your City assets, whoever they are, are going to necessarily play both games. So I imagine you're probably just going to be rolling the dice with them, sticking them in your team. So that if they do play, you've got you've got the opportunity to get their kind of decent returns. But I think you're going to have to just make peace with the fact that 
probably most of your city assets this week are not going to not going to necessarily play the full 90 in in both and i guess you know in previous weeks i guess I can't, maybe a last word on city in previous weeks we've been advocating a city triple city's kind of triple up um i guess has the boat kind of gone on that because one of the reasons that we were advocating it is because of the sheer number of fixtures that they had from what, what was it game week 24 onwards but now we're at 27 they've probably only got another sort of one or two doubles down the line they're not playing in 29 if you've only got two and haven't done the city triple up by this point because of rotation does their potential for double game weeks kind of evaporate and is it is it worth kind of kind of still doing would you would you say i'd say it is probably potentially it uh, well as everything it all depends on what chips you've got left on your hand and when you're planning on playing them right because like you and i chris we haven't got our free hit so we've always got half an eye on game week 29 city don't play then if you're not worried about that because you're free hitting in 29 city play five fixtures over the next three game weeks and no team plays more than that there's i think one or two that play five fixtures but but no one plays more than five and so even with a bit of rotation if you're picking the main city assets like the gundawans the diases whatever um you'd think they're going to play at least three if not four out of those five probably so therefore they're going to play as many fixtures as most other players in the game um in on that on that basis so um yeah yeah, I, I'd say, given that if they're going to play as many <laughs> games, if not maybe just one less because of rotation, than all the other FPL assets, and the, and when they do play, they've got probably as good, if not better, chance of returning than than other teams just because of the great form that sits here in. I think it could potentially still be worth the triple up. Let's move on to another player rather than the team this time in Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Again, I think we can be fairly brief with DCL, Andy. Um I think you know, one thing that's definitely in his favour is that he is unlikely to be to, to be dropped. He is basically Everton's only kind of out and out forward, um, and so so he's, so he's likely to start. I know they obviously they signed Josh King in January and Richardson did a good job, um, or has has done a good job up there recently. But but you, you would think that as soon as DCL's fit, he starts and he starts both games. Um, not terrible fixtures in terms of uh, home to Southampton away to West Brom, although that's not as easy as, as, as it sounds, and I'm sure we might come on to that in a minute. Um, but beyond that, I mean, I, you know, I, would you be stretching to get DCL in this week if if you're wildcarding or you're just using free transfers? I mean, for me, I would be, but I already own him, so it's kind of easy for me to say. Well, I think because he's looked so a lot of this is on for me at least on the eye test right he looked sharp when he came on like you say he's 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 scored plenty of goals this season i've just really loved watching him he's been a great out and out number nine then when you add into the fact that everton although it's not i don't think it's confirmed that they're going to double in 28 i think people think it's relatively likely that they might do um so uh, in, in which case the that would mean that they are like City playing five fixtures over these next three game weeks. And so that would be another reason to get him in. And also just as, as has always been the case with him this season, it's his price. Um, there aren't many great looking forward options. And he is, what is he at the moment? About 7.6, 7.7 million. So um, given that he's got Southampton and West Brom in the, in this game week, that that's a, you know, one of the more attractive options in terms of, in terms of doubles um, for players out there. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about Everton more generally. I think they're very patchy. They, they, they don't create necessarily loads and loads, but that hasn't stopped Calvert-Lewin scoring plenty of goals this season. And um, so, so I think I, it depends on everyone's situations and chips, like everything we've said, but I, I really would be, if, if you're looking for a forward this this game week um, and over the next few, I think he's he's someone to look for. And I guess to throw in a stat, just one final stat, is I think he's 
was he sixth for expected goal involvement over the last four game weeks? But he's missed a couple of games in that time, hasn't he? At least one, I think maybe even two. So although he might not be appearing on too high on that many people's sort of stats thinking, you just got to take that into account. Like I say, sixth for expecting goal involvement amongst all forwards in the last four game weeks, and he's missed a couple of games. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I think obviously he registered a fantasy assist in the last game because he, he got taken out for uh, for Everton's penalty against Liverpool, but that wouldn't. I don't think that counts in terms of our xgi, does it? I don't think if you. Yeah, I'm not sure. Probably cross. not. Probably not. No. So so yeah, I mean, I guess it, his fantasy xgi might even be higher. Um, Let's move on to Fulham, and I'm just looking at the sheer amount of notes that you've made on on Fulham, Andy. And uh, I hope we might struggle to be brief here, but I guess the, the the kind of long and the short of it is that they've got considerably better at both ends of the pitch recently, and the teams that they're playing have got considerably worse at both ends of the pitch recently in Tottenham and Crystal Palace. So Fulham assets, I mean, it feels weird saying the word Fulham assets because uh, you wouldn't really count them nor ordinarily as fantasy assets, as fantasy value. Um, but, for, you know, Fulham players in, in, in FPL at both ends of the pitch, I mean, we've picked out a, a keeper, a defender, two potential midfielders, although I think we're favouring one, and a striker that are definitely worth consider- consideration here. Um, and they're all going to be relatively cheap. So uh, I don't know if you want to you, you take, it, take, it uh, take it from the top. Well, and, uh, and start start with the strikers, but but yeah, let's, uh, let's go through them. Yeah, so I mean, I, I'm not necessarily highlighting all of these. I just think uh, the reason I've we, we, we've talked about them in our planning, Chris, I think, is because like like you like you sort of uh, alluded to there, Fulham have looked better both defensively and offensively. So in these last few game weeks, um, they have uh, their fifth for expected goals conceded, uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, over over the last six matches. So that's a significant sample size, you know, fifth in, among, in the whole league, you know, amongst all teams. That, that for, for a team that have been in the bottom three almost all season, you know, to say that there's only four teams that have, have have conceded fewer chances than them or fewer XG, that that's really something for Fulham. They've really sort of improved in that sense. Also, they're now ninth for expected goals created themselves. So, okay, not blowing any doors off or anything, but they've moved into the top half. So, yeah, they've over the last six matches, it's a good sample size. They've really significantly improved their output at both ends, which means you could look anywhere in there if you've got gaps that you need filling with sort of cheap assets because generally their assets are cheap all, all over the pitch i think you could um you, you could be looking kind of anywhere now i would flag up a bit of caution about madger who we've mentioned on review shows a little bit because he appears highly in in the xg totals but he's been roughly around about the same figure for a few weeks now because he had two sort of very very big big chances which were sort of tap-ins um in, in his first game and he hasn't really built on that a lot so yeah he's um as we've, we've mentioned in review shows if he continues to return and he t- continues to get in those those positions then great but for me i'm not necessarily i don't think we've seen enough yet to kind of guarantee that so so maybe i'd be looking elsewhere for my fulham fulham assets and given what you said about starting at the top i'll just i'll just move 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 on then through into the midfield and this is where it gets really interesting for me so i am a lookman owner and we, he's been on our radar earlier in the season but um Lookman and, in fact, actually uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek are around the top 10 for midfielders in terms of expected goal involvement over the last six ga- uh, four game weeks. And um, for a t- again, for a team like Fulham, that's maybe a little bit sort of unexpected. I don't think people would have necessarily thought they'd have had two players kind of near the, I think it's Lookman 10th and Loftus-Cheek 11th. So two players near the top 10 there's 
pretty good for a, for a team like Fulham. Um, but but Lookman's obviously like a million cheaper, and um, I think he's the one out of the two I'd kind of um, lean towards. He's um, I've got it here somewhere. He only Bruno and Rafinha it was who have conceded have created more big chances than him in the last four game weeks. So it's three big chances created in the last four game, as in, and a big chance is essentially a chance you'd expect the striker um, on average to score. Uh, I think it's like 0.3 XG or above something like that. Um, So yeah, only Bruno and Rafinha out of midfielders have created more of those big chances um, in the last four game weeks than Lookman. So that's really interesting. He's, he's creating chances, but more than that, he's creating ones that are, you know, really good opportunities for us for the striker to score. So given that he's um, obviously he's got a double this game week and he plays, uh, this is the thing about all these Fulham assets, they double this week and play in 29. That's why we're, we're looking at, at him and, and these options. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and yeah, um, I think, you know, I, I guess you always worry with Lookman whether he's going to be victim of, of some bad finishing with Fulham, like you say, creating a lot of big chances, but, um, you know, but, but as, as you say, you know, Fulham's XG has, has improved and, and, and with Magic, you would back them to score more goals than perhaps uh, that they were earlier in the year. Then I guess at the other end of the pitch, um, Olaena is, I guess, the, the defender that we picked out. He isn't the cheapest among among Fulham defenders, but he does have a better expected goal involvement than, than most of them. Now, I think Kenny Tete and Anthony Robinson are a little bit cheaper, um, but but aren't as nailed on for starts. Whereas Olaena has, has looked pretty good, and as Andy said earlier, you know, Fulham's uh, in, in, improved um, expected goal involvement over uh, the last six is you know their, their fifth best in the league. So. So yeah, pretty good going and definitely some some clean sheet potential. But then I think if we're going to go with a, a Fulham defensive option, I think it would definitely be the goalkeeper, especially in a, in a bench boost. Um, Ariola, who was the subject of our first uh, or my first honey trap earlier in the earlier in the season, um, at four and a half million. I don't, there probably isn't a better budget keeper out there at the moment. Um, and yeah, if you are bench boosting and and he's going to just go and sit on your bench for, for one week, um, it feels like a pretty good move, Andy. Because because uh, yeah, you know, their fixtures, as as again we alluded to, um, you know, two of the worst teams in the league over the last six in terms of creating chances. Um, so you would you would back Fulham really for at least one clean sheet here, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd absolutely hope so. Like, like just to illustrate that that point spe- specifically that Chris has said there, it's Tottenham and Crystal Palace that Fulham have got in this double game week, and they are, as I've said earlier in the podcast, nineteenth and twentieth for XG over the last six matches. So the t- the two teams that have created the least over the last six games are the two teams that Fulham are playing. So obviously, when you, if you've got a goalkeeper then that's four point five million, sort of right at the cheaper end of the game. I mean that just that just sounds like a fantastic option. He's he's going to be keeping his goal against the teams that have created the least over the last six game weeks. So yeah, like you say, hopefully at least one clean sheet, maybe even two in there for him. And particularly those who are on a bench boost, they're often looking for a cheap second keeper to have in your team. I mean, there's an argument there for Ariola being your main keeper, and you, you obviously, like you say, tipped him up earlier in the season. Um, and and so so yeah, for for a second keeper at that price and with that. Um, you know, uh, with those underlying numbers uh, to signify the clean sheets this this game week, yeah, really, really good option. And then let's do one final team, and again, this is a bit of a surprise, but we are gonna we are gonna talk about West Brom here. Um, West Brom, strangely, are fifth in the last four game weeks um, for expected goals against, and they also have you know some some cheap defensive assets if you are looking to uh, I guess to fill your team, fill your wildcard team, or or, or get a bench boost um, to to kind of take advantage of this game week. I mean, Andy, 
in terms of their fixtures, West Brom, uh, sorry, uh, well, yeah, West Brom have Brighton and Everton, but both at home. So I guess that could be quite useful. But um, it's uh, I, there is one player in particular, one defensive player at least in particular that, 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 that you picked out, and it's one of them, one of them great kind of Stuart Dallas level anomalies where he's kind of playing out of position, which means that he could get good clean sheet potential and uh, and some attacking returns as well. Yeah, well, uh, Ains- Ainsley Maitland-Niles, obviously, and there's been a bit of chat about him wider than FPL, really. just what, what It's been well known that he's been wanting to play in midfield and he's got his sort of loan move away from Arsenal to get game time. And he looks like a sort of pretty nailed-on starter for for West Brom, but actually in midfield, not not in defence. However, because he's classified as defender in the game, you can get him in in your defence for, I think he's 4.5 or maybe he's gone up now to like 4.6 million. Um, and so that, you know, playing in midfield, like you said, like Stewie D, your man, um, he g- gives him some some really good assist potential. And then with those increased numbers, I mean, I was absolutely shocked to see West Brom fifth over the last four game weeks for expected goals. Consistent. So fifth, best you know over over last four um given how many chances they've conceded this season they've been by far the worst they've been 20th week after week after week cumulatively when when we've been looking over the season um but maybe that's just a sign of the of the big sam methods and the training on the you know the defensive training on the training ground now being now finally having a chance to kind of kick in when you look over that more recent um, sample size there. So yeah, um, there, there aren't even many, even though Ainsley Maitland-Niles um, is 4.6, there are, you'd hope that there'd be some really cheap West Brom defensive options given how poor they've been over the course of the season. And to be honest, there aren't really that many nailed on starters who are cheaper than that in defence for, for West Brom. So he, he turns out to end up being one of their cheapest actually and gives you those um, that potential you know, in, in midfield, slightly increased potential perhaps of, of, of attacking um, outputs. Absolutely, absolutely, and then I guess uh, worth mentioning um, the, the West Brom's new striker. I mean, we're, how how are we pronouncing this one, Andy? Dianya? We going something, with that one? Something like that. Yeah. Something with that. I mean, again, you've noticed a bit a bit of a, a bit of a I guess kind of funny anomaly uh, with this guy. He is the uh, he's great. Or was he? He's got the highest xG of all strikers in the game over the last four game weeks. Um, I mean, I guess we don't know loads and loads about him. I know that you watched the game where he did score because it was against uh, your beloved Man United. Um, but, you know, I, presumably he's, uh, he's, he, he's, he's missing other chances if, if he's got the highest XG over the last four game weeks. So is he a bad finisher? but getting in good positions. I mean, is, is there a bit of Bamford about him, maybe? Well, I don't know. I mean, it'd be interesting to hear a West Brom fan's take. I've seen, I think, a game and a half of his, and he didn't really have... He scored the chance he got against United, um, and he didn't really sort of have much of a chance in the, in the other half game of his that I saw. So, But but he has had five big chances in that time, and, and evidently only scored one of them. So maybe that is a concern. But but look, I guess we're just throwing it out there that um, he's potentially on, on our radar at the moment because just shit, getting that sheer number of chances... Mean, means that you must be doing something right. You're at least getting in the right positions, right? And it could just be, you know, this is this is bad form on us, I guess, here. But having not seen him take those, you know, there could be other reasons that it might may not be um, bad finishing. It may it may well be. So, I, I mean, I guess this is the same with Ainsley Maitland-Niles. We're highlighting West Brom because of their significantly improved statistics. I don't think either of us are quite saying we're rushing to get West Brom players in our team. But, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, if you're thinking something different. But I guess the point of the radar here in a normal week would be we'd be highlighting these types of trends and so we kind of wanted to point that out to people if you're really playing aggressive if you're really trying to catch up a bit in your mini leagues maybe just that an outside shout for for Deanne there uh, that you 
know, Ever, Everton and Brighton, I think it is, the two games West Brom have got. So um, Everton have conceded plenty of, of chances this season. It wouldn't be completely outrageous to think. I think West Brom scored a couple against them, actually, didn't they, in the early in the season? Was it even the opening game? It might have been of the season. West Brom scored I think a couple. Was, I think it was the second game of the season. But if, if I remember rightly, we, we were watching it together back when we were allowed to. Oh, the good old days. Yeah. But so, so that was, yeah. I mean, you, yeah, it, you wouldn't, it, that would be quite a differential, but, um, and yeah, like I said, I don't think either of us are, um, are necessarily jumping to get them in, but the, 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 the stats are there five big chances in the last four game weeks for Deanne. No one's had more. And then I guess, Andy, we better, we better, uh, we better put a pin in this segment because, uh, it's, it's been going on far too long, but I guess we did want to mention them. We did allude to it earlier. You just, we are probably a little bit biased by, by our own strategies here. And there are plenty of players that we haven't mentioned and, 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 you know, you've picked out four here in terms of Rashford, um, Harvey Barnes, uh, Troy Villa, Mason Mount that, you know, that we haven't really brought up. Um, but they're, they're all on doubles. They could all return. Um, but I guess just for us, the, you know, the the prospect, particularly for Fulham, Villa, and 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 um, and Tottenham, of, of playing in 29 is is important for us. Um, but equally, you know, those you know, these players could, you know, could 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 do some great stuff this weekend. I guess it's uh, as as always, you know, they're, they're midfielders, which um, you know, we, we, we always seem to talk about as midfielders on this podcast. But but yeah, I guess we just wanted to to to, to perhaps highlight those because you know they could be really really good, inter- interesting differentials, perhaps in in your specific mini league or 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 or, or, or maybe um, you know, other players kind of around around anyone's rank. Yeah, it's it. Uh... There's so many. I mean, I just picked those four literally out of the almost the top of my head, and and I think there's so because there's no there's no not many really, if any, massively standout options that we could think of. Lots of maybes, lots of reasonably good options, but no standout ones really for our radar this week. And they are all part of that group. Those four you just mentioned there. You know, Rashford scored a few goals recently. United have scored a lot of goals as a team, right? So would it surprise you if he got a couple in this game week? Not necessarily. Mount has been playing every game for Chelsea this season. He even took the last penalty. So is he on penalties now? That would be an interesting turn of events if he is. Um, and, you know, he's been playing a much more advanced role, as we've mentioned before. So it wouldn't be outrageous, although Chelsea's fixtures are a little bit tricky. Traore scored in the last game for Villa. His underlying numbers have been similar to Lookman's. So if we're highlighting Lookman, why not Traore? Well, we mentioned the potential issues with Fulham's, um, sorry, Villa's attacking players. But again, it's just one of those things. There's so many here. And Barnes, obviously, <laughs> Harvey Barnes, the most transferred in player by game. So he's on a lot of people's radars this week and he's looked absolutely fantastic on the eye. So that's just four examples of of, I'm sure there's many, many others out there as well. Of, of there's so many maybes, and uh, you know, depending on strategy and like what we've said, all kinds of different things that you could be considering in your head for this game week. And, and I can kind of understand why. I wouldn't like I say, although they're not ones we've highlighted. If any of those returned, and we're talking about it in the review show, Chris wouldn't be really that surprised. So I guess ultimately to 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 round this off and almost go back to where we started with this, I would say you've got to trust your own thinking a little bit here. And and I could I could see I could see managers being frustrated with because you'll it's likely as we are doing here you'll consider loads of options this game week. There's potentially loads of assets you could be thinking about getting in your team or not. And so if you pick the one that that ends up not scoring, you'll be frustrated with yourself and you'll think why didn't I get so and so in? I thought about him. I almost had him in. And it makes it tricky, but I, I, yeah, it's just to say I think there's lots of lots of reasonable options, and and go with who you think. Yeah, I think for one of the first times this season, I feel quite at peace with my transfers. I kind of decided at the back end of 
of last week um you know what i was going to be doing this week and i'm waiting on a bit of team news just to confirm that for myself but i don't really have a plan b so i'll probably end up plumbing for it anyway but but yeah that does make me feel at peace and, and i'm not going to end up with that or oh, i wish i'd brought x player in because i, I feel fairly fairly sort of settled on my strategy this week, but I understand that I'm probably in the minority, especially considering all of the variables that could possibly uh, occur this weekend. Um, Andy, that segment was longer than we wanted to originally make the whole podcast. So um, back when we started wanting to do these. So uh, I guess we better put a pin in it and take a break. Um, But when we come back, we will be swimming against the tide. Here at the FPL Lounge, we are keen to hear from you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at FPL underscore lounge and let us know what you think. During the season, we will have new episodes out twice a week, a preview show on a Friday and a review show on a Tuesday. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your pods so that you get the show before the all-important game week deadline. Thanks for joining us in the FPL lounge. Welcome back then. So Andy and I are putting on our uh, lockdown-induced, slightly tighter speedos than normal. Uh, I guess all, all that, all that, all that lockdown weight, all that extra food that we've been having, lack of exercise, Andy. Um, but we're going to swim against the tide this week, and uh, we're swimming against transferring out a player that doesn't have a double game week. Andy, explain this one. Yeah. So. Um... We have noticed that the second most transferred out player who isn't injured uh, is is Patrick Bamford, and and he's the third most transferred out if you if you include injuries as well. So still significant over I think over a quarter of a million managers transferring out Bamford this week, and um, yeah, we we just find that a bit of an odd one. I mean, obviously Chris and I have not been uh, the the biggest Bamford cheerleaders all season necessarily, but. He is continuing to um, sort of get returns. He he gets that many, he, although there are better finishers than him. Leeds just create that many chances that he is always sort of in and around there with with goals and assists. So particularly how well they played in the last game week, Leeds. Um, it's a it's a very very odd one we think. I mean, obviously as we mentioned plenty of times throughout this podcast, Villa Villa's defensive um, numbers have have decreased massively. They, they've they I think second most clean sheets in the league uh, because of their form earlier in the season. But in recent game weeks, they've been conceding a lot more chances, and um, it's it's Villa who leads play this week, and and Leeds are one of the most creative teams in the league against whoever it is they play. So playing a team who who are kind of you know right down there in terms of the worst. For conceding chances in this game week it just looks like a really sort of juicy prospect for them and never mind the form that that Bamford's in but obviously his chief creator behind him Rafinha as well no one in the league in the last six game weeks creating more big chances than him uh, Rafinha that is so yeah it just seems odd to, to choose this game I mean not well not completely odd I get he's one of playing in a one of a hand, very small handful of teams that don't have a double. So maybe you're looking at a forward option. Maybe there's there are a lot of people that obviously Calvert-Lewin's quite highly transferred in. So maybe there's a lot of people that have made that move, sort of Bamford to, to, to Calvert-Lewin. But yeah, I mean, depending on your strategy, obviously Leeds do play in 29, where, whereas Everton don't. And I can kind of see that Everton might have another double. So it's maybe five fixtures versus three. So maybe that's... The circumstance we're looking at here, Chris. Some people haven't done that, but but no, generally, um, Bamford's obviously had plenty of returns, six returns in his last attacking returns in his last six game weeks, and uh, yeah, it seems like they'd be even if you were trying to get Calvert Lewin in, surely probably other forward options you might want to move out first. It's not a, not an either or between those two, is it? 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, I think, I mean, just, just to pick up on that sort of five versus three for Everton versus Leeds, I mean, it would be, it would be five versus four with game week 29 involved. Right. So, so, so yeah, I mean, that, that, that kind of makes it less appealing. And I think, you know, we have struggled, I guess, swimming against the tide in double or blank game weeks before, because there are, there's often a logical reason for the most transferred out and the most transferred in players and there are there are some reasons I think for you know, for people to make the move on Bamford, but there doesn't seem to be enough for me that is convincing me that that, that, it, that it's a good move. And I think you know Andy would be right to point out chip strategies and, and and just you know general FPL strategies here, but for me none make loads of sense. And if we were to go through them, you know if you're wildcarding this week, then you're going to be lumped with these players for the rest of the season. So if you're trying and 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 you've already got Bamford, so why wouldn't you want him? for the rest of the year if you're bench boosting this week then sure okay you might want to replace um Patrick Bamford a single game week player with a double game week player but you know if you he, he's still going to play and unless you uh, unless you're kind of already in in in, in the reaches of you know, not having loads and loads of double d- double game week players then then surely there are other better ones that you could get rid of and there are probably other better ones in other positions that you could maybe bring in to make you, you know, keep a striker in, in Bamford that, that that's always likely to get to get goals. You know, if you, if you have your free hit, so game week 29 doesn't really um, affect you, then then I guess possibly I can see the the rationale for maybe getting rid of Bamford this week and you know potentially trying to bring him back in later down the line. Um, but I think that's really the only one, and therefore it seems odd to us that. Um, that, 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 that Patrick Bamford would be considered, um, you know, so, it's so dispensable that he's the second most transferred out non-injured player this week. And I guess, you know, just to pick up a, you know, a little bit more on, on, on him um, in general, you know, I guess if he, he probably had a lot of transfers in last week because Leeds doubled um, and you know, perhaps the transfers out this week are a bit of a reaction to that. He was very much just a one-week proposition for, for a lot of people. But even then that seems a bit, a bit strange to me, considering that both Andy and I are probably fall into you know the low percentiles of of, of Bamford um, Bamford dislikers generally, and you know, we, we, you know I think I, I'm not sure if you made the move, Andy, but I definitely made the move in recent weeks to get him in, and uh, and yeah, I wouldn't consider getting rid of him now. I think he's going to be probably part of my team, um, you know, for, for, for the foreseeable, and and, and it, it feels a bit odd because I had to swallow a fair bit of humble pie to bring him in. Um, having you know said what we've said about him all the year, all year that he's not a great finisher and and that you can't really trust him, and we expected his points to to kind of drop off. But the fixtures led you to him, and I think for you know, it is strategy dependent. But the fact that he still put, will play in 29 um, is important. But also, as Andy said, you know he does get chances, he does get on the end of chances, he's got assists as well as goals this year. Um, and for me, it's, it's it's a bit of a weird one. I think there has to be a pretty specific circumstance for me to or, or, or for, it, for it to make logical sense for someone to move off Bamford this week even though they're not on a double well exactly and and just to even counter a couple of the instances you've put out there that might make it feasible like even if you're on a, even if you've got that free hit to use in 29 you know who are you thinking of having as your forwards ultimately you're probably very likely to want Bamford in your team and okay you don't have to worry about transfers because you, you're free hitting but you might well have to pay more for him I mean, it's not guaranteed, but, you know, he's fairly popular. And, and so maybe his price might go down with so many people transferring him out now. But you may end up having to pay more. So it seems odd when you could, unless you're 
like Chris said, bench boosting and you want 15 double game week players, so you can just store him on your bench. So, um, um, you know, that, that even there, there's a little bit of a caveat. So it, it just seems odd. And then just to add an extra thing, even though he is only on a single, who, like, think about your forward options this week and which forwards do you expect to get more points in this game week than than Bamford. Now it's possible that a few a few might do, but like like I said, sort of Villa have been c- conceding plenty of chances, and all it takes is Bamford to get like one goal, not even two returns, you know, one goal, and I bet you he'll he'll outscore quite a few, therefore um, other strikers in 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 the game um, this this game week. So it seems like a yeah when when when. As I started off with, it's not necessarily an either or when there are other options like you've pointed out as well, Chris, in your team, other positions, maybe even who you could move out in this game week. It seems like there's a very limited number of circumstances where where Patrick Bramford is the most obvious person to get rid of in your team. You just got to think for most people, there's surely other players who have a lower um, uh, potential points, even in this game week, despite it only being a single for him. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, we didn't do the honey trap this week, but but you know, I'm think I'm thinking of one now that would have been, you know, quite um quite bold and and you know would uh, what odds would you give me on Bamford and Rafinha outscoring Grealish and Watkins this, this game week? And it's an interesting one, and obviously that's that's made um less tasty with Grealish's injury or potential injury and, and not not being fit but you know that would I guess that you know that's one of the reasons why why you could have brought it up or one of us could have brought it up and it, and it would have been interesting to debate so so yeah I mean you're right you know in, in any given week at least lose blow hot and cold but they absolutely blew the doors off Southampton in the second half last week Bamford is, is, is as involved as anyone apart from possibly Rafinha who seems to be having um you know for me I know you said it was a bit bold on the last podcast but he's definitely one of the signings best signings of the season as far as I'm concerned, um, so, so yeah, and and like I say, you know, just looking ahead, I don't really see, um, you know, see a, 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 a real kind of valid logical reason, um, for people to be to be moving away from Bamford, in in their droves. Shall we move on to captaincy, Andy? Because there's there's quite a lot to get through here, and I guess many of these points we might have already covered uh, in the radar section. But you know, naturally, in a double game week player, I mean, let me ask you this question straight away: Is there any any way that that people should not be captaining a double game week player this week it's it's i can't th- i mean there's so few teams not on a double that it does seem like that none of those teams have particularly like stand up i mean to just read down the six teams that are on single game weeks west ham southampton newcastle leeds brighton arsenal none of those teams really have players that massively stand out to you. Obviously, we've just mentioned probably the two best options there if you were going to go for a single game week, and that's Bamford and Rafinha. But even then, you know, that would be a bold shout, sticking the armband on one of them over the many, many um, potential double game week options um, I'm out there. So, so I think almost it has to be, yeah, a double game week player this this game week. So let's go through them. And I guess the last time there was a significant double game week in FPL, I think it was back in game week 24. Um, and possibly even one before that, when we were talking about Man City quite a lot. And I think, you know, you, you made the point that you know, what's more likely, um, you know, sort of two returns or two clean sheets for, for, for two returns from a City attacker or two clean sheets from a City defender. And I think, you know, you, you made the point rightly that it's probably given their fixtures at that time and the form that they were, it, that they were in, two clean sheets from City defenders were, were, were probably more likely therefore why aren't they a very good option for the armband things are a little bit different this time round Andy and it's partly due to rotation but also partly due to the fixtures 
Yeah, so it's not. I think it was Burnley and Fulham at home, which I mean, ironically, we we mentioned earlier in the show that their defenses have improved. But at the time, they were sort of two of the worst defenses in the league, um, and City were playing them at home, and so uh, yeah, they weren't creating much either. So for for both ends of the pitch for City, there there was potential sort of options there. Whereas this time round, slightly trickier. Wolves and West Ham, obviously West Ham particularly doing very very well this season, but more so, yeah, I think the the question mark is that rotation. I mean, I could see City getting two clean sheets again less likely sure than before but still very much possible however I think the issue is rotation we can't be sure that Diaz will play both games we certainly can't be sure that Cancelo will play both games and so in which case so what if City get two clean sheets if your players only playing in one of them so that that's kind of the harder thing for me and then you know the other end of the pitch the same thing Gundogan even KDB Jesus Sterling Foden all of them great options on their day but just can't know how many minutes they're going to play and given how many teams are on doubles this game week it's I mean Gundogan's the one that's tempting for me just because he's been so consistent and they obviously performed massively in in the last double game week but uh, yeah he it's very likely that he won't well maybe it's not very likely who knows with Pep but do you think he'll start both I mean maybe some players have to right so maybe he will but predicting who it's going to be I guess is is tricky so so when there's other options that's what makes it hard for City players I think yeah, that, I guess that, you know you are right. That that is the problem. It's predicting who. It's not kind of you know. Um, it's not not doubting them as players. It, it's just predicting which one because, uh, as you say, some of them will. Um, but but yeah, it's, it's it's kind of always trying to trying to get it right, and 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 it's so easy to get wrong with with Pep. So so yeah, I feel like I mean, is is it therefore like would you rule? City out because there are there are surer options in terms of the minutes that they're likely to be playing over over this double game week. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily rule them out. Everyone's going to have to make their own. Like like we said, with chips and strategies, there's going to be people going for maybe trying to catch up in their mini leagues and things like that. For me personally, I don't. Th- I mean, I, I have I have done the City triple up. I have three City players. I'm probably not going to captain or even vice captain probably any of them so so I guess that says that answers your question in one way but that doesn't mean for other people I couldn't understand a strategy which had a City player as a captain certainly and then let's move on to uh, to a guy that um, you know makes you very happy a lot of the time in Bruno Fernandes um, I mean he ha- doesn't have the easiest fixtures I guess especially with that Chelsea one in this game week um, but you know it doesn't really matter who Bruno plays, he has the potential, especially on penalties, for for, for really hauling. Um, so he could be a pretty safe pick for the armband this week. Um, but you know, are, are there any kind of doubts in your head, or or or, or is there perhaps a player that that, that that is a bit a bit safer? I guess for me, he might be the the, the most popular captaincy option this week. But um, but perhaps we're you know, I'm 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 dismissing a few players that that might end up um, being being more popular in the FPL world. Well, there's a risk of me sounding like a broken record here, but, you know, United have been atrocious in recent game weeks against um, sort of, um, you know, lower ranked teams. And um, that is always a concern for me. You know, they they haven't created as much as they should have. Um, However, even in those games, they didn't create much. Bruno scored a worldy volley uh, in one and a penalty in the other. So if that's just classic, been classic kind of Bruno all season, even when United or he doesn't play well, he can pull something out of the bag. Um, in terms of the teams they're playing against, it's uh, Chelsea, uh, Chelsea and Crystal Palace are actually top and bottom, respectively, for, um, you know, defensively uh, over the last six game weeks. So so Palace, as we mentioned a couple of times, have a, a worst. And, and um, 
and Chelsea are best, even even actually over the last six game weeks, lower XGC than than City, even Chelsea. So I thought that's interesting. Um, and but then almost for United, from a United point of view, again that almost goes out the window. I mean they let in three goals to to Palace in the in early in the season. They they lost. That's one of the another terrible home performance against their lower side. So it's almost like that the fact that they're playing the best and worst in terms of expected goals conceded, you'd think, oh, great, he's nailed on against Palace to get a return or something then. Well, no, not really. That's actually the games United have been worse in this season. And um, uh, so that that Chelsea, and, and obviously that Chelsea game is going to be tricky. So so there are some doubts, but look, um, Bruno's been great. He's been so, so, so consistent over the whole sort of year now. If you took, I think he'd be by far the highest FPL point scorer if you looked at, a, a calendar sort of year in the year that he's played um, in in FPL. I think someone said over 300 points if you put all his games together into like one full season. Um, you know, he's played like the back end of this season and the front end of this one. So yeah, outrageous. And he's he's so consistent and he scores when when United don't play well. So I think he's he's got to be high up in people's thoughts. Absolutely. Uh, let's move on to Dominic Calvert-Lewin. We've already mentioned him as as sort of being on the radar, partly because of, of the obviously because of the double, but also Everton's Everton's fixtures in the double aren't terrible. I think it's uh, Southampton um, and find the other one for me. West, West, Brom. West Brom, Southampton, West Brom, yeah. Southampton, West Brom. I mean, we, obviously, we, you know, we did mention West Brom perhaps aren't the. Uh, Aren't the worst defence or, or or as bad as as possibly we think, but you know a guy that's definitely going to play um, injury permitting. You'd imagine for the vast majority of the 180 minutes over this double, um, you know we've, we've waxed lyrical about Dominic Calvert-Lewin all all year in terms of his ability and his finishing. Um, he could be a really good option this week. Well, we said what we need to say about him on the radar, I think, really. And yeah, there aren't as many um forward options that are looking quite so good. So yeah, I think I think you know. Those two defences he's playing against, obviously, as we said, West Brom have been a bit, bit better recently, but but kind of why not him? I mean, I mentioned on the radar as well that there's a lot of maybes this week, and I think it's similar with captaincy here. There's a lots of there's lots of ifs, ifs, buts, and maybes, and if Dominic Calvert-Lewin was to end up being the highest point scorer this game week, can't say I'd be that shocked. So, yeah, two two fixtures in which you could be you could be hoping for at least maybe one return. So, good captain option. Talking about. Uh... You know, ifs, buts, and maybes. Let's move on to to those Tottenham assets in Son and Kane. Who, I guess we just we just don't. Know. I think there seems to be a lot of chat in the FPL community about triple captaining or definitely captaining Kane this week. Um, you you seem to think that that chat has sort of you know, was was stronger sort of a few weeks ago when managers were planning for this double game week, and now obviously the form that we mentioned earlier has has sort of thrown it out the window a little bit. I mean, I guess it's one of these, Andy, where you wouldn't, you know put anyone off captaining, captaining them but it's a it, it definitely has its risks that you wouldn't ordinarily associate with either Son or Kane and especially considering the fixtures that, that, that they've got um, against Burnley and Fulham but but you know those neither of those teams are particularly bad at the back are they? No not certainly not in recent times this goes this goes to everything we were, we were saying on the radar really I, for me if we were questioning even their inclusion on the radar and, and whether they're good assets to just generally for this game week then absolutely they're probably you know we shouldn't be thinking about them as captain but but like you say a a lot of people early in the season particularly when obviously they were scoring a lot of points had pegged this double game week as 
a, a great option for Son or Kane to be your triple captain. It was it was seen at the time as the best two fixtures for any premium asset over the course of the season. And like I say, that's that sort of changed with with Burnley and Fulham's turnaround in in uh, in defensive form. But uh, so uh, as we mentioned on the radar, like I say, I guess um, if if for whatever reason they were to start clicking again, um, and you know Bale was to add something or Deli Ali was to add something, and and they they suddenly look like a great creative attacking force again, then obviously Son and Kane could really be in for some some high points hauls here. But look, I guess I just got a point back to as I've mentioned many times. 19th second worst for chances created xg um over the last six game weeks uh, last six matches so just i mean i like to make my decisions based on on underlying evidence rather than on hunches right and i could see someone captain sonal came this week and getting a massive haul and feeling really proud of themselves but i just can't do it i can't justify if i do that and then they end up um you know absolutely bombing out I'll, I'll just really not be happy with myself because I, the evidence is there for me. So it would be such, a, in my view, poor decision if I if I did that to myself. And then one final kind of uh, kind of inclusion here is Mohamed Salah, and I, we've kind of included him, I guess, Andy, because we feel a bit guilty not to, and just simply because over the last few years, Mohamed Salah in a double game week would never not be on someone's captaincy radar. It feels weird for him to possibly not be this week, but I guess similarly to all of the players that we've that we've discussed, he could still go absolutely nuts in this double game week. I guess the fixtures aren't aren't you know as appealing as perhaps they could be for Liverpool, um, but 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 yeah, it's it's Mo Salah at the end of the day. He has undoubted quality, um, so so yeah, like why not? Well, I mean, despite Liverpool's poor form. Um, you know, no one's had, no midfielders had more big chances than Salah. There's three midfielders who've had five big chances in the last four game weeks: Gundogan, Salah, and Sterling. So yeah, no, no midfielders had more more big chances than him last four game weeks. That that's just crazy, almost even to say, isn't it? That uh, given how bad we think, we think we think sort of everyone is perceiving that Liverpool have been. So that in that means sense, he's out of form then. Well, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because on the eye, you'd maybe say he is, but then... He's got two goals in the last four, although I, one was definitely from the spot against Man City. I'm not sure if... It, I don't think it was. It was against Leicester, was it? I don't think that, that was from the spot. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, I don't, don't think so. But but still, I mean, I, I don't think that necessarily... He's not, he's not someone who consistently underperforms XG, right? So I think I do have his XG somewhere over that time. 2.73. And it's too good. So, so the the big chances don't necessarily mean it's it's better than a normal chance, right? But it could be 0.3. So you're not necessarily expect him to score it, but it's just a pretty good chance for an average striker. And um, you Salah more often than not would score those. But look, two goals from 2.37 xg, that that's not you know that's reasonable, perfectly reasonable for Salah, right? So I wouldn't necessarily say out of form. And the five big chances thing just points to the fact that he, he, even though Liverpool aren't playing that well, he is still getting opportunities. So it, I, I'm saying all this, and I don't think I'm going to put my my arm at anywhere near him personally myself, right? But like you say, I feel like we almost as a as a FPL podcast creator, we have to almost mention him because he's just been so great over such a long, consistent amount of time. And actually, even over the last, like like we mentioned, over that short sample size of the last few game weeks, he's still up there with all the other midfielders in terms of his own personal stats. So maybe maybe it's just the uh, the Salah perma captain route that we that we mentioned at the start of the season. Ride the peaks and troughs. 
And we don't normally do this, Andy, but like, where is where is your armband going this week? Like, who's on at the minute? And I guess it, it could always change, right? I'm sure, I'm sure there's still plenty of time before the deadline for, for us both. Well, te- when I first just set up my team, that uh, the FPL Twitter community uses the phrase "bus team." Uh, that's a, that's a bit of an FPL Twitter saying if you if you haven't heard it, but it, it's a, it's an expression which means you know once the deadline for the previous game week's gone, a lot of people just set up a team in case they forget or something happens to them in their life, you know, uh, in between game weeks and they don't have the time to to actually properly sort their team for the next one, so that at least they've got the right players on the pitch and the, the right someone reasonable captained you know in case for whatever reason they just don't get a chance and in my bus team I I stuck the armband on DCL Um, I just had it was a very quick decision there wasn't a lot of thinking behind it It was basically just like looking at the fixtures on my phone that um, I had in front of me you know as they are on the little player icons and just having to quickly pick someone so that I had a team set up and I think I'm I think my vice is on Bruno and that they're the two that I'm still differing between I think probably just because of form and fixtures uh Though you know, they seem to have the, be- the the sort of slightly better fixtures and uh, obviously, again, <laughs> maybe this isn't as well informed as I like to think I am, as I said before, but DCL just looked really sharp when he came off the bench, I thought, um, in, for Everton um, the other day against Liverpool. So, um, uh, you know, uh, he, he's been riding the peaks and troughs of form and maybe I'll stick with him. But Br- Bruno feels like a slightly sort of in some way safer pick, but then I'm just, I still, as he, there's a bit of, Everyone tries to. Everyone is a fan, and there's that voodoo. I worry about sticking my captain on Bruno, and then he uh, he does nothing. And I'm a sad United fan as well. Then, uh, as well as a sad captainer and FPL manager, so I don't want the the double whammy. Yeah, fair, makes sense. How about um, you though? Yeah, so I, my bus team is um, has has Son as my triple captain. Uh, triple again, captain. Sorry, not my triple captain. As I, that, that, I was just about to move on to that, and then um, and then you, you asked me the question. As oh, my captain, scenes! I thought you pulled captain. the trigger. No, 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 I have not. Well, you know my strategy. My, I'm, I'm bench boosting this week, so oh, so yeah. yeah, the triple captain would be um, would be would be a massive about turn. So yeah, my armband's on Son at the minute. I don't, I don't, I can't can't confess to liking it, but it was it was as you say, um, you know, to avoid it being Patrick Bamford, who it was last week. So. Yeah, I don't know. I think um, it sounds like we've got basically the same team, which 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 is one of the reasons why I'm probably not getting any close to catching you up in our FPL lounge mini mini league. But but yeah, you know, with with Salah, Son, Bruno, and DCL, Gundogan, you can make an argument for him as well. It, it, it is like who on earth, you know, do you do you do it? And I think it's going to come down for me to having a look through my main mini league, um, you know, seeing who else is high owned. Um, I imagine all sort of four of those are pretty high owned um, and then maybe taking a bit of a punt on that, maybe also trying to second guess who others might be going for, but, but, but that could be tricky. I mean, as of, as we mentioned many times on the pod, um, my flatmate's Neverson fan, so it wouldn't shock me if he captains DCL. He did famously captain him in the last time that West played West Brom and we discussed that on the, on the pod. Um, and, uh, and that ended up paying, paying off because uh, I think he got a hat trick that week. So, so yeah, you you could definitely see it. But um, but yeah, it's gonna be gonna be a tricky decision that I can definitely see me making at sort of ten fifty nine on Saturday morning. Um, let's round off, Andy, as we always do on our preview shows with a little game we like to call "Who the Heck Is Stat." For those that don't know, Andy and I take it in turns each week to pick a player from the FPL universe. They have to be owned by at least five percent of FPL managers. 
and we have five guesses to guess who it is. Uh, after, after if we get it after the first clue, we get five points. After the second clue, four points, and so on and so forth. And every time we hear a new clue, we have the opportunity to stick with our uh, with our latest guess or twist onto a new one. So we don't reveal the answer at the end, which allows you to play along at home. I had an absolutely unbelievable week last week. Uh, getting a five-pointer to draw level at 28 all. And I think we've both picked the same number of players now, so it is proper kind of level pegging, Andy, uh, going into this week where I am picking a player for you. How are you feeling? Well, uh, not just an unbelievable week, an unbelievable couple of weeks for you because before your five-pointer, I had a zero-pointer as well. So in within the space of two weeks, uh, yeah, you, you picked up a big a big deficit there. But um, I guess before we get onto this, though, you did say we were going to go on to triple captain. So maybe oh, just a brief did, yeah. mention for that. Yeah, fair play. I mean, you're doing the edit tonight, so you can just uh, switch it back in. But we'll leave this bit in. Uh, but yeah, tr- I mean, triple captain, Andy, I guess, I mean, if you've got the chip... Is there going to be a better week is the simple question for me to put to you. Um, Tricky, tricky. I mean, better week because you only need to captain obviously one player, right? So you don't need a full double game week of fixtures. You only need one good one premium really or consistent player to have a good set of double fixtures. So um, who would be probably the most consistent FPL player this season? I'd say probably Bruno, I think. That would be who I'd go with if, if I'm thinking triple captain. So then it's a question of when's Bruno likely to have his best double game week or, or week. Um, and at the moment, it's look we don't know of another double game week for Man United after this one. It's possible there'll be one because I think obviously if they get through their quarter final in the FA Cup, then they're going to have a semi final which will clash with an FPL week. So and I don't know exactly uh, Ben Krellin, who we've mentioned a few times on Twitter, he'll know and it'll be available somewhere for you to find on the internet if you which week it is that clashes with the with the semi finals of the of the FA Cup. But whenever it is. Um, that could cause another double game week for Man United. So there could be further options. Obviously, we know City have another double game week. So, you know, you could you could um, be thinking about City uh, City players then. Um, other teams, I think it's, we know that Tottenham are going to have to have another double game week sometime. Um, so you could be looking at Son or Kane then. But if, if, if let's say, if, if Tottenham's form's picked up by whenever that might be. So, so yes, there, there, there could be better options times to play it but we don't know I guess the guarantee is there's lots of teams on that double this week but the other side of that coin would be as we've mentioned many times throughout the podcast there's no one team with fixtures really sort of standing out to make you think that's who are like if there was one standout captaincy option this week then they'd also be a standout triple captain option wouldn't they but because well at least me and you think that there kind of isn't one really main big standout one that makes it harder for me to kind of really be confident I'm going to go with my triple captain. Yeah, so I guess just just on the on 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 the points that that you've made there, I think Ben Crellin seems seems to believe that the FA Cup quarterfinals won't or there won't be a blank, and I think that possibly down to them being played in midweek or some Premier League being played in midweek, possibly. So, so so yeah, I think I think the opportunities that that, that he's kind of spelled out for triple captain is kind of in in this game week. In double game week next week for Man City, and then in in that in that game week in the future where Spurs will have to double because they've still got a blank to fulfil against Southampton, and that's assuming that there won't be another one. I think obviously Everton Villa is, is scheduled, we think, for 28 at the minute, um, but I don't think it's confirmed. So, 
So yeah, it kind of is a bit slim pickings if you're not doing it this week. Otherwise, it's Man City next week, and then maybe Tottenham down the line. But other than that, you, you know, there isn't going to be another one for for your Mo Salas or possibly for your Brunos. So, um, so yeah, you know, as someone that, that that is bench boosting this week, it does make me think: How am I going to kind of maximise that triple captain down the line? And I don't like the prospect really of using. Um, two chips in consecutive weeks. Not really sure why, because there's no mathematical logic behind it. I just don't, you know, don't like it. Um, I think I'd like to kind of save it for possibly later in the year. Um, you know, maybe when I need it most to give me kind of that 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 boost. You know, see what I can catch up. Um, you know, with those in, in my mini league you know, between now and then, and then maybe maximise its use sort of sort of later. But um, but yeah, to take advantage of a double definitely seems seems like you know this is this is the week if you're not planning on using another chip i guess my, my final question then before we can move on to who the heck is that if you are triple captaining do you approach it in a slightly different way to captain do you go for some a player with maybe the highest floor rather than the highest ceiling well that's a good question but i, I don't know maybe i mean you only get one triple captain so may i don't know i i feel like i'd be more inclined to go for the higher ceiling player because why not what's what's the point why are you playing the chip otherwise basically yeah it's your shoot for the stars phrase shoot for the moon phrase you had the other week that <laughs> i didn't for, quite understand shoot for the stars and maybe you'll hit the moon yeah yeah see, i always thought you shoot for the moon and maybe you'll land among the stars but but yeah. that wouldn't make sense would it because if you're shooting for the moon the moon's closer than the stars so you're well, never going to get to the stars well yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, we all know that that phrase is like on some artwork in, 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 in some basic people's houses. I don't think they're thought of the science behind it, if I'm honest, but you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll leave that there. Um, Andy, would you like me to explain the rules of who the heck is that again? Um, no, I think it's good. I know Let's that monologue is your favourite part of the favourite thing that I'd probably do on the podcast. So, um, so yeah, I think I think it's probably time to time to crack on. Uh, so, me for you, how how are you feeling? Um, apprehensive, got to be honest. I'm a, I'm a bit nervous this week because I think you've had a, a, you know because you did so much planning into this into this this episode. I feel like you've probably got a bit of an advantage this week compared to perhaps others where it's been a bit more even in terms of the planning. So, so yeah, I'm a bit nervous this week. Nah, pro- probably not. I don't think. Um, it's not like I've really been looking at percentage ownership of players and things like that. And also, depend can often just depend on the clues and whether whether they're things that that you that make you remember things it, from from what you've seen of players. So nah, given recent form, not feeling confident. But hey, it's a game. Doesn't matter. Let's go. Game about a game. That's about a game. Quite. Um, right. Let's start with clue one then. It is this player's fourth FPL season, and he needs just nine more points to surpass his previous best ever FPL finish, which was last season. Who the heck is that? Right. Say that again. It is this player's fourth FPL season, and he needs just nine more points to surpass his previous best ever FPL finish, which he achieved last season. Who the heck is that? Right, I don't know whether my brain's just being dafty or what, but I can't seem to take this in. So say, say that again. <laughs> okay, it is this player's fourth FPL season. Mm-hmm. He needs just nine more points to surpass his previous best ever FPL finish, which he achieved last year. So his best right. of his previous three FPL seasons, his best finish was last year, and he's currently nine. He's currently eight points behind that, so he'd need nine more this year to surpass okay that so it's his fourth fpl season 
He only needs eight points, nine points more. Okay, right. This this is this is obviously tricky. Then who 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 would it be in their fourth season? That's where I've got to try and start. Um, um okay. Yeah, don't know. Rashford came to mind first, but I think he's had more than four, probably. He's, I think, I think I saw something that, t- like, today is, like, the fifth anniversary of his debut for Man United because he made it in a knockout round Europa League match. So I saw somewhere in the news that day. So that means he's been playing five years, five sort of calendar years. So he must have had at least five or six FPL seasons in that sense if he came in in, like, the second half of, of a season there. So it's probably not Rashford. Um... And someone who hasn't scored like loads of points before because they're sort of already overtaking their previous best. Could it be someone like Grealish? It could be Grealish's fourth season because obviously Villa were out of the league a bit. And he he could be close. Obviously, he's had a fair few points this season. So he could be close to... Sort of yeah, his 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 best points total. Although maybe he he's been he's Villa's captain now, isn't he? So so he probably has had more than even though that Villa were down, he must have he probably had more than than three before. So all oh, right, another uh, this is another one where uh, <laughs> listeners are going to love me trying to trawl through players here, but I just struggle to even think of so start Jesus I've got Man City here at the top of my list here so Jesus could it be his fourth season that's why I've gone to him um but then he hasn't he's been out for a bit he hasn't exactly scored loads of points hmm and Antonio at West Ham no Oh, yeah, struggling here, struggling. Um, Not even sure of who to take a punt with here. But I feel like I want to just say one so that we're not leaving people hanging around too much. Um, So let's say, let's say Gabriel Jesus, just so we can move on. No problem. So, uh, clue two, this player is the fourth most valuable in this season from his position group, returning more than 18 points per million. Who the heck is that? More than 18 points per million. That's that's pretty good, I think. Um, because if he's like 5 million, that's 80 points. Uh, 90, 90 points. So... That's that's pretty high. Um, and if he starts to get much more than that, then he's in absolute ridiculous points territory. Obviously, if he's if he's six million over a hundred points there, so he must be. He could be. He's either going to be one of these cheap mids that we've been banging on about, or a defender probably. By that by that thinking then, because again, if he's seven. Seven mil and he's getting eighteen points per million. 
130 odd points that's quite a few but but then having said that only fourth for value in his position so there's three other players in his position who've who've done even better in terms of points per million so that would make me lean more towards a defender just because how many midfielders would would be able to get 18 points per million uh, like as in there'd be more defenders which which cost whose cost are lower so they don't need as many as many overall points to have that with with that 18 points per million um, okay so then it's defenders whose fourth season it would be but who haven't played that yeah haven't got that many points in previous years but uh okay hmm so i know so villa have had a lot of of clean sheets this season so it could be a villa defender maybe because uh, they would they would probably be players who haven't had loads of points in in previous years. Uh, so Villa, who might have uh, uh, Tyrone Mings, I guess, could be his fourth year because he played for Bournemouth before he played for for Villa. So wouldn't have had loads of points before. Could be could be sort of nine points short of his best, which I assume would have been last season, which is what you said as well. So that fits for that. Um, but then he's a bit more than five million, I think. Maybe he's around five million. So has he got as many points as ninety odd? Maybe, maybe he has. Um, Given given Villa's clean sheets and he's sort of fairly regular in their team. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna twist I'm gonna twist to Tyro Mings. Like it, like it, like it. Clue three then. This player is currently 0.1 million cheaper than he was at the start of the season, despite currently being owned by 15% of FPR managers. Who the heck is stat? 0.1 million cheaper than the start of the season. Despite being owned by 15%. Is that what you said? 15? Yeah, 15%. That is a rounded 15%. Mm. Now that seems like a lot. That seems like a lot for Tyro Mings. 15% of managers. I can't see him being owned by that many. So that, yeah. That makes me think maybe, maybe not him. Um... That, that for defenders, given because because there's like five slots for defenders, fifteen percent seems seems quite a lot. So so maybe it's not a defender then. Um, oh, but this makes it so tricky if it's a midfielder because it's like, how do you who? Because the just the sheer number of points they'd they would have accumulated then because of the amount of money. Hmm. Okay, so let's let's try let so let let me try. I have to do some some maths here. Otherwise, I'm not going to have 
you love maths though so this is like your dream right so if they're if they're six million they've got 108 points if they're seven million 126 ish points that's a lot flipping heck what about 7.5 135 points it can't be many I'm starting to feel like that's got to be a cap. I mean, obviously there could be midfielders 7.5, 7 and below who've who've done pretty well. That's there's plenty. There's plenty that we've been that we've been talking about. Um, so who could have who in that range? Think of various ones we've we've spoken about. So Lookman, uh, Rafinha. Obviously, early in the season, like Jota and stuff, Mount. But I'm, I mean, I used to own Mount. I don't think he's got anywhere near that much. I suppose Suchek is one I've I've not really and and Gundogan, I suppose. Yeah, they're quite a lot of points for not a great deal of money. The thing is, I know Suchek's like f- around five, isn't he? Maybe he's gone up a bit. So let's say like five point one or whatever times 18 91 points i think he'd have more the irony is i think he'd have more though with him just worth reminding you as well of of other clues fourth fpl season and he's currently 1.1 million cheaper than at the start of the season okay good points good points yes so that's not gundawan or suchek then yeah it's hard remembering all this stuff i don't like helping you out but 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 when you're accidentally dismissing a clue i can't help myself well no no not dismissing a clue i suppose just forgetting forgetting a clue forgetting yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, well you get lost at the thing is that thing about the points per million has got me so confused it's so hard thinking about the players that could even be in that range that you end up just focusing in on that right it's 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 quite complicated so anyway that that rules them out right what other type of midfielders then um in that sort of cheaper range we've talked about a bit Saka we've talked about um who else have we said in the sort of cheaper they're the sort of main ones like I say Mount um it's Madison's sort of over 7 million isn't he like that would and I I don't know how many points he's obviously got a fair few recently I suppose I suppose Harvey Barnes a bit less than that. He's around about that seven million though as well. So again, it would mean a hell of a lot of what did I say? I've lost my maths now. Write it down. 126 odd points. That's oh, I wish I'd looked closer at some of these because that sounds like a lot. I mean, I feel like I've got a, I've got to twist off Mings. So, yeah, for the sake of, ah, it's just do I go Saka or Barnes? I can't, I can't even begin to think what type of, I know he was around 5 million Saka rather than 7, so he'd need a lot less points than, than that. Mm, but how many would he, I can't even begin to think where, oh, and what, how, what was the, yeah, 15%, despite being, I don't think Saka would be 50, whereas Barnes might be, particularly after this game week. Okay, I'm going to twist to Harvey Barnes. Okay. Clue four. 
This player has three double-digit hauls this season. Two of these have come in the last two game weeks, 24 and 25. Who the heck is Stat? Okay. Six double-digit hauls, is that what you said? Three double-digit hauls this season. Bloody hell, it's late. I'm not taking these clues in. Um, Okay, only three. Hmm. When you said six, when when I thought six, that made me think feel better about Harvey Barnes. However, two in the last two game weeks, that would fit him. So maybe he has only had three. But then, if he's only had three double digit hauls, 126 points. That's... I mean, what what what's the player got to do to get a double digit haul? Like, I feel like you're settled on a midfielder, so they've got to what, score start and probably get three and we'll score play the 60 and get three bonus yeah or when you get one for a clean sheet don't you so that takes you to eight so two bonus so goal and assist or assist wouldn't count would it because this would be a point less no oh sorry goal and assist right sorry yeah yeah or or a goal and bonus or something yeah so I suppose you've got to do quite a bit, basically, is the point of saying there. Um, yeah, well, I'm in that situation where we've been playing this game for a while now, and the, that those two, particularly the getting it in the last two game weeks, work, works for for Barnes. So there's not much there for me to move off it. So we'll just stick with we'll stick with him. No problem. And then clue five: this player currently has a teammate who is owned by 0.2% fewer managers, has scored one fewer goal, is 0.4 million more expensive has six fewer points and crucially is in direct competition with this player for a place in his country's Euro 2020 squad. Who the heck is that? Right. I mean, so given that I'm on Harvey Barnes, that makes me think that last bit could be Barnes and Madison. All those other clues now that you've said the last bit would, I guess maybe fit with that until you said that I was not, I was, yeah, I wouldn't have exactly known that all those specific six points less, whatever it was, 0.4 more or whatever. But give it, yeah, obviously given that last bit, I think I, I think I've just got to stick with Harvey Barnes. It is Harvey Barnes. Glad you got there in the end. Oh, well, I say that in the end, you've, you've, t- you've taken three points from that. Yeah, but it took me a while, didn't it? I mean, listeners rapidly leaving us as ever, you know. Yeah, we might we might have to, we might have to put put a timer on this uh, next year, next season, I think. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Harvey Barnes fourth fourth FPL season. I think he only got three points in his first, but um, obviously he's having a, a a better season in terms of returns this year than than he had last year. Um, Six point nine mil at the minute, so, but started the season at seven, which I was surprised at. I would have you know, like you kind of associate Barnes at the moment with price rises, but he did take a, take a dip. Um, to, to to get to get get back to where he is. So uh, so yeah, and, and yeah, 125 points with that 6.9 million current price. God. Um, and yeah, three double digit holes, but obviously two in the last two game weeks. So and yeah, have, you know that 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 clue was an ode to our 
Oh, towards uh, James James Madison division that we have on this podcast. I feel like I was a bit lucky there. I think I kind of stumbled on that one. And I didn't at any point feel confident about it. A lot of the decisions I was making were just for the sake of moving on because we've already been banging on for an hour and a half on this podcast. So, yeah, I think lucky to take three points away from that for sure. No, I think it was good. I think the fact that you deduced it to being one of those um, cheaper midfielders that we've been bang- that we've been been banging on about, and I was surprised when you kind of got to that point in clue one, maybe or maybe clue two, that you didn't bring up Barnes. Um, Mm. But some, but uh, yeah, as we've always said, once you once you've thought of it, it's hard to get off some players, isn't it? And, I guess, and, yeah, I guess because initially my head was in that five to six million range, right? Where we've mentioned quite a few, and we had like a whole section on them way way back when, didn't we? Yeah. And so obviously he wasn't, and he's a fairly recent addition for us on on sort of the radar and in that range of midfielders. He's kind of at the upper end of the lower priced mids, isn't he? So this sort of I guess was in my thinking less when it came to that, but yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, and yeah, I was kind of glad that we didn't swim against the tide of him being the most transferred in this week because it was <laughs> made you do some do a bit more research into him. Um, but yeah, equally, I was really at one point I was really hoping that you just mentioned James Madison, dismissed it, and just forgot about Barnes. That was that that was my dream, but it didn't didn't quite play out. Anyway, Andy, it is a historic double game week in fantasy Premier League terms. Uh, if uh, managers and listeners have questions for us how can they get in touch they can find us on twitter or instagram at fpl underscore lounge and do remember to rate review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts it is always very useful and lovely to hear from you had a few few more listeners engaging with us over over recent weeks uh, namely over um i think we've got we've got one listener who's next extra city fan he's been uh, winding me up about colchester's new manager managerial appointment which is which is always nice um yeah, Andy. I mean, I guess both of us will be uh, tinkering with our teams right up until the deadline. Um, I guess we also haven't quite decided when we're going to be back to do the review because we might well be better off waiting until the end of the game week. Well, it's going to be a tricky one, isn't it? Because then at the end of this game week, it's almost straight into the next game week because it ends on Thursday, the 4th of March, and then the next game week starts on Saturday the 6th. So. We'll have to have a little think there. Maybe it might be a, a, a hybrid again or some kind of quick maybe review on the Wednesday and preview the next one on, on the Thursday or something, but we'll see. Yeah, uh, look out for us, as Andy said, at FPL underscore lounge on social media and we'll be tweeting about when we're likely to record again. So Andy, until whenever it, it next will be. Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge. <laughs>